and welcome to the Road to Lords, the Vinayas Village Cup podcast. In episode three, myself, that's Elizabeth Botchaby, and tournament manager Ian Smith will look back on all of the action from round three. Well, hello again, Ian. You well? Yes, Elizabeth. I'm, I'm better and I'm glad you are. I'm, I'm very pleased to see you back in hosting duties. It put me under some stress and I had to go and lay down for a week. So uh, uh, welcome back. I'm glad you recovered from your lost voice. So am I. It was, it was hard work not talking for a day. Um, but somehow we're already only one round away from the national draw. Um, it doesn't seem like five minutes ago that we had 350 odd teams. Now we're down to whatever that is, 64. Yeah, it, it, and it always comes around quickly that, you know, you start off with 370, as you say, and it sort of halves every round, obviously, but it it does seem to get more focused as well. The teams, um, there are certain teams, I think, that, that enter it without really having any great hopes of winning it and it's just something to do and that's great and we really you know really welcome those but there are others uh, who who take it very very seriously and want to win and we're seeing a lot of those coming through now as we usually do um, but there are also some new clubs in the in the regional finals so it's good to have some variety yeah I looked at it and we've actually lost a lot of big teams already um I think I counted I think we're down to about six or seven former champions um, five or six runners up and I think we've lost half of last year's regional champions as well um, yeah. so there really is a good chance of, of a new name on the trophy or some some unfamiliar names you know getting deep in the competition which is nice and and there's still a chance to Dumbleton for Dumbleton to do what Cal will do which is to appear in successive finals they, they've got through to their regional final uh, Calmore as we know had the unfortunate loss I think on a coin toss in an early round when we had that very wet spring when no one could get a game on uh, and that's a really sad way to go out. But uh, yeah, I've, I've got my eye on Dumbleton. They seem to be hit, hit, reaching cruise speed. The headlines. Well, as usual, there was lots of action in round three. Uh, as you mentioned there, Ian, uh, Dumbleton continued their title defence with a 152-run victory over Quat. Uh, they're going to face Aswood Bank in the Worcestershire final. And Aswood Bank, a Village Cup stalwarts, great to see them going well again. Uh, 2006 champions Horton Main, however, were knocked out by Kipak's welfare. Uh, but three-time champions Reed are still going strong. They advanced to the Beds and Hearts uh, regional final where they'll face Redbourne, who were the runners-up in 2020. In Northumberland, Ryan Chamberlain put on an all-round show for Stocksfield against Sacriston. Uh, he took four for 27 and then scored 40 runs and still ended up on the losing side. Um, and Rockliffe Park's Matthew Wheeler was similarly impressive. He took six wickets and scored 41 not out for Park. Uh, they beat Thornton the Moor and they'll face Woodhouse Grange in the regional final. In South Essex, Bentley sealed a two-wicket win over Matching Green in the final over of that game. Uh, and in Cumbria in North Lancashire, Shireshead and Thornton made really hard work of chasing 75 against Grimsar. Uh, they lost six wickets um, en route to that win. Go-takers David Miles returned the best figures of the round. He took seven for 21 against Shrewton. And Burbage and Eastern Royals, uh, David Cope smashed 188 off 124 balls against Charlton Down. Performance of the week. Uh, lots, to, lots to dig our teeth into. Which match caught your eye, Ian? Well, I looked at the game in uh, Group 28, Wembden versus North Perra, which was an absolute, absolutely close game. North Perra won the toss and fielded and they, they conceded 190 with Ollie Copeman leading the attack with three for 38 and Stuart Dearden uh, hitting 52 from 59 at the top of the order for Wembden. Uh, Ronnie Frost was then the leading North Parrot, was leading North Parrot home with 54 from 72 balls, but 
Harry Bowditch stemmed the flow with three for 43 and Wembley squeezed home by two runs with one ball remaining. And um, they're always the games you remember when you play in them, not, not the ones where you thump somebody, but where you sneak over the line or you lose off the last ball. And that seemed like a hell of a game. And it sort of seesawed throughout the day, no one side ever really being on top. So it looked like a great contest. How about you? Yeah, I think that's quite a quite a big win as well, because I seem to remember North Perrot getting quarterfinals or maybe semifinals a couple of years ago. So that's another big team. It's, it's, it's fallen by the wayside. Yeah, it's the, the year of the, uh, the underdogs, I think. What, which game were you looking at particularly? Uh, it was Colwall versus Aston Ingham, uh, speaking of former champions. Obviously, Colwall won the Village Cup in 2020, but their captain then, James Wagstaff, now plays for Aston Ingham. Um, he's got clubs <laughs> this winter. So there was an extra extra layer of intrigue there. I think it was a, a little bit of a homecoming for him um, against Colwall. Um, and batting first, Colwall were bowled out for 187. Um, and they really were kind of beholden to Christian Gibbons. He scored 55 or 78 at number six. Um, came out when they were 69 for four. Shared a big 83-run stand with Callum Butler. And then really held it together as they collapsed from 152 to for four to 154 for seven. Um, so without him, it could have been a really, really poor total from Colwall. Uh, and Tim Dawson was the pick of the Aston Ingham bowlers, taking three for 23. Um, and then in reply, Aston Ingham were really flying. Um, opener Oliver Henson scored a half century. But, you know, Gibbons clearly having a great day, removed him for 55. And everything seemed to go a little bit pear-shaped after that. Just kind of regular wickets, stopping any partnerships from forming. Um, they then took 14 runs off the 36th over, and that meant they only needed 17 to win off the final four. Um, that then became four runs off the final six balls, but they only had one wicket left. Uh, and bowler Sam Bradley really kept his cool, considered a single off the first ball of the over, and then bowled James Wagstaff to seal the win. So Wagstaff yeah. was the last wicket, no kind of no fairy tale return to Colwall for him. Uh, no second Village Cup title. Um, but yeah, that's Colwall, one of the few former champions still standing. And in round four, they'll face Brockhampton, who had a completely different match. They uh, battered Fownholm Strollers by 343 runs um, and scored 454 for five off their 40 wow. overs. Um, I don't think we'll see many totals bigger than that in the competition. Tom Skerritt and George Mockler both scored half, both scored centuries. Um, and I.L. Jerram took six for 42 as they bowled the strollers out for 111. So it'll be quite interesting to see what happens when they meet, the, you know, the big hitting Brockhampton and then Colwall, who who defended quite a small total quite nicely. Yeah, and I always think even, even if there's no um, bad blood between a player when they go to a different club, um, you know, even, even if they leave on the best of terms, there's still that edge when they come back and play and there's still all sorts of... Um, unspoken challenges that sort of gauntlets are thrown down so it's really fascinating when you see former players come back to their old clubs and you know and have a significant impact on the game even on the losing side so um, but yeah it's always it's always good to see that and I, and I, I think you're right I think that could be a very strong group and we're now down as you say to the last 64 so um, we're within touching distance of the national rounds um, and it'll be interesting to see how many more new clubs come through and and you know, if any of the uh, more ex experienced and uh, clubs can can cling on, because I think I think it seems to be odds on that we're going to get a new champion this year. I don't don't hold me to that, but I think I think <laughs> it could be true. 
Yeah, I think what must have been interesting for Colwell as well is that it must have been a fairly similar team to the one which yeah. won in 2020, given it was only a couple of years ago. So James will have been playing against probably so many people that he played with at Lords, which yeah. must have been quite unusual for him. You'd hope he'd have the kit of the new club on, that he wouldn't be wearing you know, the old shirt with a plaster stuck over it, or he'd yeah, <laughs> be properly kitted out. Player of the Round. Well, as we've already mentioned, there were a number of standout individual performances. David Miles is seven for uh, David Coates, 188. And there has to be an honourable mention for Blackheath's Archie Jones, who picked up five for 24 against Valley End in Surrey. And what was really notable about that five for is that he triggered um, Valley End's collapse from 211 for six to 216 all out. And uh, Blackheath went on to win by five runs. So without his contribution, he had a nerveless bowling near the end they wouldn't be in the regional final. So well done to him. Uh, but pipping him to the post and earning the player of the round award for round three is Congress Breeze at Joseph Thompson. Uh, if you'd like to talk us through his performance, Ian. Yeah, he had a great game. Um, he, he had a fine all-round performance in his side, 67-run win over Uphill Castle, also in great group 28 in the Somerset. He hit 52 from 37 balls as he helped his team post 119 34 overs and then opened the bowling and took 5 for 37 to dismiss Uphill Castle for 120, 123. A, a really worthy all-round performance. And um, just going back to Archie Jones as well, they, they lost the opposition lost four wickets in 12 balls. That's a real capitulation. And that, you know, not all to Archie, but they, they took a real um, you know, a real dive at the end of the game. And that, that again, just shows you the impact of you know, a team strolled, not strolled to victory, but thinking they're okay and then, then collapsing. Uh, but no, Joseph Thompson was definitely the uh, the standout player and congratulations to him uh, on on uh, being selected as the player of the round. Yeah, it seems to be a bit of a theme with the players of the round this year, that it's often all-rounders coming in, you know, coming in number six, number seven, and really rescuing their side because they were, they were looking in a bit of bother at whatever it was, 109 for five, um, until he really almost single-handedly took them to 190. Um, and to then come out and open the bowling after that effort. Um, yeah. It really is your day when you do it, something like that, isn't it? Correct. You don't want the day to finish. So I, I'm just looking out as a full wicketkeeper myself. I'm looking, always looking out for a nuggety 25 not out and four stumping from a wicketkeeper that we can promote into uh, the player of the round. You know, I think often the unspoken hero. So that, that's my objective for the next few rounds is to find out, see if we can... Uh, Give the man behind the stumps uh, some recognition. The big preview. Well, looking ahead uh, to round four, obviously the regional finals. Have any fixtures caught your eye there, Ian? Any any teams you're keeping an eye on? Yeah, well, the, the Hertfordshire one. I grew up uh, in Hertfordshire and played a lot of club cricket down there, and I played a lot against uh, the two teams that are playing there, Reed and Redbourne. Um, I played in Harpenden, which is the next village over from Redbourne, and they were our local rivals. So. Um, uh, but there was never any bad blood, so I'm quite happy to support them. So I, I'm, I'm looking very much on that one. And as you said before, Dumbleton versus Ashford Bank, that will be a really good game as well. Um, two experienced sides in the Village Cup, um, both going hell for leather, so uh, to get into the national stages. What about you? Again, Dumbleton, Ashford Bank, a rare home fixture for Dumbleton, who I think played at yes. home maybe twice on the way to Lords last year. They beat Ashford Bank on the way to Lords as well. Um, and Aswood Bank, you know, they've been in the Village Cup forever. They were in the first ever final and they're still searching for that first title. Um, 
So, you know, it'd be great to see Dumbleton go through the defending champion, defending their trophy, but Aswood Bank, they're kind of one of those teams you have to root for a bit. You know, it has to be it has to be their year at some point. Um, I think it's really opening up in the south with so many, so many of the former champions falling. It's quite nice that Ventnor are still in from the Isle of Wight. Um yeah. quite fun to see them go quite far. And I think go take a versage, Burbage and Eastern Royal in Dorset and Wiltshire, that's gonna be that could be a really high scoring game given they scored over seven hundred runs uh, between them in round three. And and this of course is where the real uh, romance of the Village Cup, I think, begins because you're, you know, you're, you're not, you're playing out of your region. These could be some very long trips that you're starting to go on now to go and play the next round of the Village Cup, and um, you know, it makes it really exciting. I think when you you're playing somewhere new, you don't know anything about the opposition other than what you can find online. You don't know any of the players. Where sometimes in the local games you're playing against clubs you play against in maybe in your league or or in other cups in the county. Um, so this is. You know, once you get through the regional finals, this is where it really starts to get interesting. And and some clubs really take to it and and they you know sort of make days out of it and take coaches to the away games and you know really make a big effort. Um, and I think that's part of the magic of this cup that it's you know it allows you to go from the three hundred and seventy clubs all fighting it out locally to something that's on a national scale. We've got to see that that rather large carrot dangled at the end of the day out at Lords. I think as well, because we've made the, the national draw now, all of the regions know who they're going to be playing. You can really plot your way to Lords now. You know you know exactly who's going to be on each step. And, you know, once the regional finals are done, that's it. It's mapped out. And I suppose certain teams will suddenly think, oh, we've got a good chance of beating them before. Uh, other yeah. teams, it's it, like you say, it's going to be a brand new adventure. Just all sorts of teams they've never even heard of. Yeah, and it's, you know, it. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's a lottery because that's not true, but you, you don't know anything about your opposition. And that's that's a different form of cricket. In most games of cricket you play at club level, you know a little bit about the opposition, who the standout players are you've got to look out for, and this guy turns it a mile and also You'll often be playing in the national stages against people you've got no idea other than looking at scorecards, and you can't really tell much from that. Um, and that's really where the romance bit comes, and that's where the stories come from, you know, how, how we went 200 miles to win a game of cricket on the way to Lords. You know, that was... Uh, that's where the, the romance of, the, of this competition comes from, I think. If you were playing for one of these teams, would you do any research on the opposition? Because I know some teams, I think, look, they spend time on play cricket, having a bit of a scout around. Obviously, Dumbleton and Calmore had some you know, mutual former players, uh, so yeah. they kind of knew a little bit about each other's history, at least. Um, would you be researching or would you just go into it blind? As, as someone who works in cricket statistics, I, I think I'd find it difficult not to. Um, and, um, you know, when I score for my local club on a Sunday, they're always wanting to know, you know, what their averages are individually against the opposition. And uh, it's not quite, we're not quite in the same level as the pros with some of the analysis they get. But, you know, I would be looking, yeah. But I don't know what that tells you. If you, if you don't, you, you know, the numbers only tell you so much. Um, and if someone scored 100 in the last round, he may have been dropped 10 times, and that might be the highest score he's ever had, you know. Whereas someone who you know, regularly scores 50s and 60s is, is the one you've got to really, be really wary of. Um, so, yeah, I would be doing the stats, but that's just my, my affliction rather than anything else. Would you just go into it blind then and just yeah. play it as you see it? Absolutely. I don't, I don't know what help it would give me. Um, our uni team, it wouldn't have helped us one bit if we'd had pages of analysis. It probably would have made us worse, actually. So I think going blind, see what happens. You, you quickly find out who's good and who's bad on the other team. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it's it, I don't think it'll make a lot of difference whether you do the research or not at this stage. I think it comes down to who plays better. And thankfully, we've now got some better weather. So the, the, the weather itself is not playing such a significant role as it was earlier on. And, and certainly here in the Midlands, we've had some pretty good weather over the last 10 days or so. And touch wood, hopefully that continues. So uh, everyone can get a, you know, a, a good game in on the 4th of June is the next round. So can't believe we're in June already. <laughs> Uh, well, that's all we have time for in episode three. Thanks to Ian for his company, uh, to our sponsors, Vinayas Broadband, Crickviz, Bowler, Theakston and charity partner, the Lord Taverners. And good luck to all the teams competing in round four for placing the national draw at stake.